Let's open our Bibles this morning to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. No man can say that Jesus Christ is Lord except by the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians 12, 3. By the grace of God, I would like to preach to you a couple or three sermons about our Lord Jesus Christ in this respect. Jesus is Jehovah God. Amen. That particular statement about Him is being assaulted and has been assaulted since He came into this world that He is not truly Jehovah God. Jesus is Jehovah. And we'll start this morning by laying a foundation from His name. Let me ask a bold question this morning. How many might have listened to the Messiah this past week? I see a few hands. I saw several hands. The Messiah. A couple hours of musical composition by George Handel describing the life of Jesus from prophecy all the way to his ascension and glorification in heaven. And the most popular piece of that long oratory is the Hallelujah Chorus. Because the Hallelujahs are praising Jehovah in the form of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and the Lord God Omnipotent who reigneth over all things. I basically just use the words from the Hallelujah Chorus. I hope that you'll consider that from time to time we ought to listen to that or read those verses in the Bible and think of Him and lift Him up and worship Him as He deserves. I want to read to you three verses from Philippians chapter 2. I want to read beginning at verse 9. The Apostle Paul takes up in verse 9 after having described... Jesus Christ coming into this world and being humiliated to the death of the cross in verses 5 through 8. So we begin with the word wherefore. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus Every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen and amen. Precious words. Because Jesus Christ was willing to come and lay down his life a sacrifice for the sins of his people... God has exalted him highly and given him a name which is above every name, and that name is Jesus. And every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God his Father. Now we can do it willingly today that Jesus Christ is Lord. And if we do it willingly today, we're doing it by the Holy Ghost. Because that's the only reason that we would do it. Otherwise, we'd be out there worrying about our boats, our sports, 
our lawns and other ridiculously foolish, vain and empty cares rather than being here to learn of Him. Now, if you're here this morning and not out there with your lawns or your sports or your boats or your activities, but you don't love them, then you're no better than those that are out there. So I beseech you this morning to see and to love the Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. He sits at the pinnacle of power of this universe. He controls all things by the word of his mouth. He upholds all things. He is the express image of God, and without him nothing occurs in this universe. He is Jehovah God. And there are attacks that have been made and are being made and will be made against him because he is the number one enemy of Satan. Satan cannot stand Jesus Christ of Nazareth because in Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Satan has been defeated by a man. By a man. Satan could take on the entire planet Earth and it wouldn't be a contest. But one man was born of a virgin whose name is Jesus of Nazareth. That is his personal name. I said that is his personal name. His name is Jesus. Christ is a title. It is the anointed one. It is the Messiah of the Old Testament. It's the Christ of the New Testament. Lord is a form of address. It is a title. His name is Jesus. He is the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he is the Christ, and God has set him his own right hand, and he is Lord of heaven and earth. I want you to love him this morning. I want you to serve him tomorrow, if he allows us to live tomorrow. He controls your breath and every beat of your heart in his hand. And he is the most gracious being that has ever lived in heaven or on earth. He is the most comforting and glorious being, and I want to lift him up this morning. He has been and is being attacked. Brethren, there is a group of people in our nation and around the earth called the Jehovah's Witnesses. Now, we read the word Jehovah from Psalm 83 and verse 18, one of its very few occurrences in the Bible. They call themselves Jehovah's Witnesses because they want to be known that they worship the true and highest God, Jehovah. But they do not want to be known as Christians like we are because they're anti-Christian. They deny that Jesus of Nazareth is Jehovah God. That is why they're called Jehovah's Witnesses. They believe that Jesus is a God, but he is not the Almighty God, the Jehovah God. And I want to preach to you this morning that Jesus is Jehovah God. There are others, brethren, a whole lot closer to home than the Jehovah's Witnesses. And the Jehovah's Witnesses is a false name. They're truly called Russellites. Because all they are, are the earthly followers of an earthly man who died long ago, named Charles Taze Russell, who started their whole hallucination of doctrine. They were then called the Dawn of the Millennium. Then they were called the Watchtower Society. And then they were called Jehovah's Witnesses. 
But brethren, there's more closer to home who believe that Jesus Christ is a begotten God. There are those in this city who would rejoice with many things that we would say, and yet they would open a new American Standard Version to John chapter 1 and verse 18, where it says that Jesus Christ is a begotten God. I want to tell you something about Jesus this morning. He is not a begotten God. He is the begotten Son. He is Jehovah God. Make no mistake about the distinction. He is Jehovah God, made flesh, and having been made flesh, He could therefore be called the only begotten Son of God. But in His divine nature, He is Jehovah God. There are others that think, the Muslims, I'm talking about large denominations, large denominations, that Jesus is nothing but a great prophet. He was a great prophet. He was the greatest prophet ever. But he's more than a great prophet. He is Jehovah God in the flesh. And there are others that think that Jesus of Nazareth was nothing but a good example for us. That we ought to be humble and loving like Jesus of Nazareth was. And so they take a stripping of all of his deity, all of his glory, and just make him a humble example of martyrdom that we should follow in his footsteps. He was a great example, and we should follow him. But he is Jehovah God. Now, we read about Jehovah God in Psalm 83 and verse 18, but I want to tell you that Jesus of Nazareth, who was born, who had a birth certificate, on which it said, Jesus is Jehovah God. And his name hasn't changed. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, which is above every name. This is speaking of him in Philippians chapter 2 when he was at the right hand of God, the name of Jesus. Because in that name of Jesus, we have Jehovah God. And you must be established in that. Never should anyone in this congregation, and you are my brothers, and I am your servant, and all I'm doing this morning is teaching you, ever be moved from the fact that Jesus is Jehovah God. Amen. You do not need to qualify it. He is Jehovah God. Amen. He would say to the Pharisees of his day, before Abraham was, I am. He would say to those that came to capture him in the Garden of Gethsemane, and brethren, I've had, I had so much blessing from two words. When that band of soldiers came into the Garden of Gethsemane looking for him, it said that he went forth to meet them. And he said, Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am he. Amen. And they fell backward to the ground. And he stood there and let them take him. The Lord of glory manifesting his power even in his last moments. But he went forth. They didn't have to come and get him. He went forth. Do you love a Savior like that this morning? Amen. 
He went forth. Do you know what he went forth for? Do you know that he already saw everything in front of him? You can never do that because you don't know the future. He knew the future in intimate detail. He had sweat as it were drops of blood the night before, but he went forth and he went forth for you and for me. He went forth. I am he. I want to tell you about I am this morning. The Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to love him. Come to Numbers chapter 23 in your Bible. Numbers chapter 23. Even you children, if you'll pay attention, will be able to understand. Jesus is a man. But he is also Jehovah God. If Jesus were here this morning, in his human, in his complex person, that is including his human nature, he would be a man of very similar height and weight as the rest of us. He would sit in a chair if we offered him one. He would have hands and feet to show us, as he did Thomas. But he is also Jehovah God. Amen. And to think that in this entire universe, God sent himself into the man Christ Jesus is unbelievable. Except we believe it by faith. It's incredible. And he's here this morning, brethren. He's just here in the spirit. Amen. And he's hearing every word that I'm saying. And he's marking every word that I'm saying that I speak the truth about him. Amen. And he's also marking whether you pay attention to me and whether you love what you're hearing about him. Amen. So we're both responsible for what we do, say, and hear this morning. Numbers chapter 23. I want Numbers chapter 13. Excuse me for that slip there. Numbers chapter 13. Moses is going to send 12 spies into the land of Canaan to spy out the land before the Israelites take it. And I read in verse 8, in verse 8, of the tribe of Ephraim, Ashia, the son of Nun. Ashia, the son of Nun. Numbers 13, 8. Here's a man, and if you were to run through this list, you would find Caleb, but you wouldn't find Joshua. You would find Ashia. Ashia is a word that we have transliterated to us from a Hebrew name, and I'll prove this with your English Bible, because if you can't find it in your English Bible, it's not worth knowing. Because that's the Bible God uses. That's the Bible God's blessed. God has blessed the English Bible far above any Hebrew Bible ever. Or Greek scriptures. We believe and trust our King James Bible that God has given it to us by his providential inspiration and preservation. And given us an understanding of it. But I want you to see in verse 6, verse 8 I mean, that we have Ashia, the son of Nun. Now you know who that is, you know it's Joshua, because you know later it's Joshua, the son of Nun. But here he's called Ashia, and his name means here, salvation. But Moses has his eye on this man named Ashia, and so we come down to the 16th verse of the same chapter. These are the names of the men which Moses sent to spy out the land. 
And Moses called Ashia, the son of Nun, Jehoshua. He's altered his name, just like Jesus altered the name of Simon Peter. Moses alters the name of the man who's going to take his place and the man who's going to take Israel across the Jordan River into Canaan and destroy all of its inhabitants and give them the whole land. He changes his name to Jehoshua. Are any of you this morning awake enough? I hope you all are. I'm saying it that way to get your attention. To know what those first four letters of Jehoshua are referring to? Jehovah. So we have in this name, Jehovah is salvation. You say you haven't proved yet about Shua. Well, just hold, just, you just gotta wait. You gotta wait. But I want you to notice that he's renamed Jehoshua by Moses because Jehovah was going to go with Joshua. And did Jehovah go with him? Amen. Was Joshua able to march around the city of Jericho and just blow on trumpets and have the walls fall down? Amen. Who would you say was with him? Jehovah was with him. Was he able to march through the Jordan River with the water piling up on one side? Yep. Do you know how impressive that would have been? To walk through and watch that just getting higher and higher, backing up the Jordan River? By Jehovah. His name was called Jehoshua. Now, turn over in your Bibles to Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7. Follow with me. I want to show you in your English Bibles the glory of Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 7. We have here Stephen preaching a magnificent sermon about the history of Israel, and he's going to bring that sermon right down to the Lord Jesus Christ. However, let's go back to verse 44. Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness, as he had appointed, that is God. Stephen's describing the history of Israel coming out of Egypt, that while they were in the wilderness, they didn't have a temple, they had a tabernacle. Speaking unto Moses, that he should make it according to the fashion that he had seen. So we are talking about Moses' time in this sermon, Acts 7, 44. Which also our fathers that came after brought in with Jesus into the possession of the Gentiles, whom God drave out before the face of our fathers unto the days of David. Now in verse 45, we have Stephen describing the fact that after Moses, that generation died, and another generation of Jewish fathers went into Canaan, the possession of the Gentiles, and drove out the inhabitants of that land. Do you follow with me? But what is the name of the man that led them into Canaan to drive out those Gentiles, according to this verse? Jesus. Who is the man in, with the Old Testament light? Jehoshua. Amen. But in the New Testament, he's called Jesus. When that name in Hebrew, Jehoshua, is transliterated, which is what you do when you do not have a word in one language to equal a word in another language, you just pull the word from the other language forward and make a few modifications to it so you can pronounce it. When you pull the Hebrew name Jehoshua into Greek and then into English, guess what we get? You don't have to guess. 
and you don't have to take Greek 101. All you have to do is read your King James Bible. What do we have? Jesus. Hmm. Jesus. Now I can show you this same thing in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 8, where Joshua is again referred to as Jesus. What I want to say at this point is, therefore, when the angel appeared to Joseph and said, Mary is going to have a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, what was his name? What did Mary call him? Mary never spoke English. She never called him Jesus. Jehoshua. And she didn't pronounce it like that, because that's transliterated for us so that we can pronounce it. It was more like, yes, yes. But we're, we're, there's more on that. Jehoshua. Because, now the angel told Joseph very specifically why he needed that name, Jehoshua. Why did he need that name? He shall save his people from their sins. There's the word save. Now we know what the first half of Jehoshua means. It means Jehovah. So from just reading our Bibles, we know what the second half means. We know what Ashia means in Numbers 13, 8, salvation. Jehovah is salvation. He will save his people from their sins. Amen. Now turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 17. Genesis chapter 17. When we say the word Jesus, that is strictly an English word that's been transliterated from Greek, which was Jesha, which was transliterated from Jehoshua, which was in Hebrew. Because remember, they were Hebrews. They didn't speak English. Is that hard? Nope. But God's chosen English for a good while now to be his language on earth. and by it to reveal himself through the most blessed and sanctified scriptures the world has ever seen. Amen. Genesis chapter 17, verse 1. And when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him. He fell on his face. This was a very impressive, glorious confrontation with Abraham. And what does God call himself here? In verse 1, I am the Almighty God. I am the Almighty God. There, that is how God revealed himself to Abraham, the Almighty One. Do you follow with me? Amen. Look at Genesis 15:2. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me? Now, brethren, I want you to notice in verse 1 that the Lord that came to Abraham is in all caps. But I want you to notice in verse 2 that Abraham said, Lord God, with a small O-R-D. Because God had only revealed himself to Abraham as God Almighty. And so when Abraham addresses God, he addresses him with the knowledge he has. He is Master Omnipotent One. 
That's what Lord means. It Lord means master. And God means omnipotent spirit being of eternity that we all worship as God. Notice that it's small. But in verse 1, who wrote Genesis 15, brethren? Yes, God did. But who? what penman did he use? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Moses. Okay. Well, as you read the Word of God, remember that. That's why when you get in the first couple chapters and you read about God creating the heavens and the earth in six days and sanctifying the seventh day, did He sanctify it in the Garden of Eden? He sanctified it on Mount Sinai. And there's, there's strong implications from that, but that's a whole other subject called to do with the Seventh-day Adventists. But we don't want to get into that this morning. We want to come to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. Remember that the first five books of the Bible were written by Moses. You can go to the New Testament where the Apostle Paul would say, Moses saith, because Moses wrote the words down from God with Moses' perspective of God. Now remember in Exodus chapter 3 we have Moses on the back side of the desert where he has been waiting, hiding, holding out, raising a family, finding a wife in the 40 years that God waited until he sent him back into Egypt to bring out his people. And he comes to a burning bush. The Lord tells him to take off his shoes because he's standing on holy ground. And the Lord tells him that he has seen the affliction of his people, Israel, and how the Egyptians are horrendous taskmasters. And their cries had come up into heaven. And Moses then says, How in the world, when I go back to the children of Israel, are they going to listen to me? If I say, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, they're going to say, What's his name? Because they're going to make fun of me that I haven't really seen you. And how will I let them know that I've truly seen you? What name will I give them? This is in verse 13. What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. Do you like the capitalization here? Your translators knew exactly what they were doing. And they're doing it here for a great reason by the providence of God in giving us this name. This is the only time it occurs like this in your Bibles. I am that I am. And it is a Hebrew sentence. I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. What a glorious name. What an incredible name. There's only one being in the whole universe that can say, I am. I wasn't created. I wasn't begotten. I am. I exist. I exist perpetually. And as I exist, I do exist. I choose to exist. I am existence. I am eternity. I have no beginning nor end. I am. I am self-sufficient. I need nothing. I am. I am. Present tense that I am. Incredible. Speaking of time in one tense, I am. Now in other places, he will tell us that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever for our feeble understanding. But if he was just to simply tell you his name, which says it all, I am. That is the God we worship. That is the God 
that dwells in the high and holy place in the heavens and has made himself known to us and he fills heaven and earth and we worship him this morning. I am that I am. The Hebrews looked at that name and realized that God had just revealed himself by a very special name and so they were very superstitious about it and they treated it with great care. They did not say it. They shrunk it down to four consonants, which created a new word in our English language called a tetragrammaton. You can look it up in your Bible. It's a four-letter description of a deity. We have our own English word for what happened after this. Turn to chapter 6 of Exodus. Exodus chapter 6 in your Bibles. Notice what God says to Moses to continue to encourage Moses. Verse 2 of Exodus 6, And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty. Remember Genesis 17.1? But by my name Jehovah was I not known to them because the only man that he had been revealed to so far was Moses. So what must Jehovah mean? I'm using your English Bibles. No dictionaries. I'm using your English Bibles. I am that I am, because we just saw it in chapter 3. So I am that I am, when pronounced with a one name of deity in the English language, is Jehovah. Where did we get that? Here's a few interesting things from our English language. Four consonants. They would never pronounce it. And so the other Hebrew names that they had for God, Elohim and Adonai, they would put the vowels of those names over those four consonants to remind themselves never to pronounce or say that name in their superstition, but to protect it and to say other names of God, like Lord and God in English, rather than I am that I am. When that combination of Hebrew consonants with a couple vowels over it, vowel points over it, was transliterated into Latin, and the first time in English in about 1560, the first time ever it was pronounced Jehovah. Jehovah, which is what we have now. Because all of these are descents from what God would have actually said to Moses. God didn't speak to Moses in the burning bush in English. He spoke in the language that Moses knew. Moses knew a couple. He could have used Egyptian. But he used Hebrew. And when those names have been translated, we have Jehovah. Now, from your Bible, you know what Jehovah means. Exactly. A sentence. I am that I am. And your translators, again, put it in all capitals here to point out what a significant name it is, and God preserved it that way. Now, I hope you'll understand why. When Abraham addressed God, he said, Lord God, with small O-R-D. Because our translators in 1611, as they looked in the Hebrew scriptures and saw that the Hebrews had always put those four consonants, it was called the sacred tetragrammaton, the sacred identification of God, I am that I am, they chose to follow the same path 
that instead of always writing in, I am that I am, which is precisely what it meant, instead of putting in Jehovah, where it's pointed up with vowels for an English-speaking person to pronounce it, they put LORD in all caps, just as the Hebrews had done by calling him Adonai, which is Master, just like we use Lord. But they wanted you to know that this is not Master. This is Jehovah, so they put it in all caps. And when you find it without the caps, then it's Master. Like Genesis 15:2, where Abraham said, Lord God. But it was small. Every other, almost every other time in your Old Testament, it's going to be all caps because it's I am that I am or Jehovah, which are equivalent expressions. One being one word, one being the sentence of description. His name is I am that I am. His name, his name reduced to consonants and pointed up with English vowels to pronounce is Jehovah. Remember that before Exodus chapter 3 and verse 4, he had not revealed himself that way to man. And yet Moses is writing those places, so when you go back into the book of Genesis and find L-O-R-D with all caps, the reason is, who wrote it? Moses, with a greater understanding and revelation of God as the I am that I am. And that's why it was used that way. The name Jehovah, I am that I am. Now, the other names for God, Eli, for Elohim, how do we know that Eli means God? How do we know that Eli is a Hebrew word for God? Using this. Yes! Beautiful! Brother. That's why he's my brother. Beautiful! Eli, Eli, Lama Sabachthani, my God, my God. I wonder what the name of that high priest in Shiloh meant. Eli, my God. I wonder what Elijah means. My God is Jehovah. Yes! Do you see that? From this. Look at Psalm 68. Look at Psalm 68. What do you think Elisha means? God is my salvation. But we've got a better name, don't we? Jehoshua. Jehovah is my salvation. Look at Psalm 68 and verse 4. Sing unto God. Sing praises to His name. Extol Him that rideth upon the heavens by His name, Jah, and rejoice before Him. There's an abbreviation of the name of God, Jehovah. Remember, I am that I am, He gives as His name. Then He tells Moses to go to Egypt and say, I am hath sent you. Do you follow that? The full name. I'm Jonathan, but everybody knows me as John also. I am that I am. Go and tell them I am sent you. Jehovah, Jah. Everybody following me? Amen. A shortened version of Jehovah. Psalm 68 and verse 4. And I love it. It's in caps. It gets our attention. And it should get our attention. It's I am that I am. Now I want to show you the only other two times. We read one this morning, Psalm 83, 18, where the name Jehovah is used. Look at Isaiah 12, 2. Isaiah 12, 2. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah 
is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. The Lord Jehovah is my salvation, my strength and my song. Isaiah 12, 2. Powerful verse. A verse we ought to memorize. It ought to be the comfort for your souls until death and beyond. That Jehovah God is your strength and your salvation. Look at Isaiah 26. Isaiah 26. We sing a song in our hymnals like a river glorious. Because of this, these verses right here. Isaiah 26. When you're afraid, brethren, when you're troubled and worried, go to Isaiah 26. Verses 3 and 4. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. That is a verse for you, brethren. That's a foundation for our souls. The Lord Jehovah is our strength, and it is in him that we put our trust, because he is the I am that I am, he exists above and beyond everything that we know in the entire universe. He merely created those little balls of dust and fire by the breath of his mouth. He is Jehovah God. Those are the occurrences. Exodus 6, 3, Psalm 83, 18, Isaiah 12, 2, Isaiah 26, 4 are the four times we have Jehovah. Once we have Jah, Psalm 68 and verse 4. Once we have I am that I am. Exodus 3.14. Twice we have I am. Exodus 3.14. John 8.58. Where Jesus of Nazareth said, Before Abraham was, I am. Jesus of Nazareth said those words. A man about 5 feet 10 inches tall, weighing approximately 165 pounds, said I am. Because Jesus is Jehovah God. And when I give you dimensions of a physical body, I do him no irreverence, for Jesus Christ is a man, and if he wasn't, he couldn't be your Savior. But I want to tell you something about that man. He sits second in his throne to only one being. Amen. And that is God his Father, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And he does not sit second in his divine nature. He sits second in his human nature. Because in his divine nature, he is Jehovah God, Amen. his Father. Therefore, his name shall be called the Everlasting Father. Isaiah 9, 6. But we're going to have more fun with that verse in a future sermon. Right now, I just want you to love the name Jehovah. Eli, my God. Elijah, my God is Jehovah. Elisha, my God is my salvation. Jehoshua, Jehovah is my salvation. And Moses renamed that man salvation. His parents were hopeful when they named him. But Moses made it better. Jehovah is my salvation. Or Jehovah is the Savior. Now that word Jah that we saw in Psalm 68 and verse 4, what do you think that the word hallelujah means? Hallelujah. Praise Jehovah. Praise ye the Lord, with all caps. And how many times in the Psalms, especially when you get to Psalm 145 and beyond, the Psalm begins and the Psalm ends with a short sentence. Praise ye the Lord. What is the Lord? 
Jehovah, I am that I am. And praise ye is hallelujah. You can, halla, hallelujah. You can see it. Our translators wanted to help you out. And so they put it. If you'll go to Psalm 140, 145, uh, 105.45, you'll see in the 1611 version, and if your book, if your Bibles are honest with it, it will show there that praise ye the Lord is hallelujah. Psalm 105, verse 45. Now, I'm going to leave some other points that I could show you about that name Jeho, meaning Jehovah, and how suffixes can be added and prefixes added to show a name that is made around the name of Jehovah God. But that is not germane to my point this morning. I want to stick with Jehoshua. I have shown you from your Bibles that Jehoshua, the name that Moses gave his second, that became the leader of Israel, meant Jehovah God is salvation. But now we want to come to our New Testament. And we want to remember exactly what our, who, the name that our Savior was given by God Himself. Let's come to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. In the point that I was just making for anyone listening by tape, if you go to Psalm 105.45 and look at the words, Praise ye the Lord, at the end of that psalm, you will find a footnote to go to your center column reference that is not written there by some modern Bible seller. It's written there by your translators because they want to tell you what they did so that you'll understand what praise ye the Lord means. It means hallelujah. Hallelujah. They only translated four times and they're all in the book of Revelation. They drop the H and it's hallelujah. And brethren, that's why earlier this morning I asked, when was the last time you listened to the Messiah? Because that's where we hear it. Hallelujah. For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. And we're speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is Jehovah God. But let's come now to Matthew chapter 1. Verse 18 tells us, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. And we have a description here of, the, of Mary being found with child by the Holy Ghost in verse 18. What Joseph's thoughts about that were in verse 19. And then in verse 20, An angel appears to Joseph in a dream, and tells him to go ahead and marry, Mary, that what's in her is conceived there by the Holy Ghost. And we read in verse 21, She shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Amen. For he shall save his people from their sins. We have a definition for the name Jesus. He shall save his people from their sins. But I've already given you the background so that now you know that that name was Jehoshua, which was Jehovah shall save his people from their sins. Jehovah is salvation. Jehovah is the Savior. Jehovah is salvation. But the angel said, for he shall save his people from their sins. So that we have in the name Jesus I am Jehovah God, the Savior. Because He shall save His people from their sins. It's not Jehovah God saving people by Jesus. It's Jesus saving His people. He. Why did God want Him to have that name? 
because he was Jehovah the Savior. Jehoshua. Because he was the salvation. It wasn't like none naming his son Jehoshua. Jehovah is our salvation. He is the salvation himself. He was the Jehovah of that name. For he shall save his people from their sins. Look what your translators did for you to pull that name up to get your attention. And, and you want to pick on, don't let, don't let anybody ever pick on this. They want you to see that loud and clear that when God gave him his name, it was in all caps. Come over to Luke chapter 1, and let's see what happened to Mary. Luke chapter 1. Now the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary in verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy with John the Baptist, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Luke 1, 26. And the angel said in verse 31, Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There shall be no end. Speaking of the, of the ministry of Jesus Christ as the Redeemer of his people and the fulfillment of the promises to David and Solomon. And notice again, verse 31, all caps, bold, Jesus. You know that the rest of the times it occurs in your Bibles, it's reduced to small letters because... It's a common name of the New Testament, but when God's granting it by his angels to Joseph and to Mary to give him that name, notice how they want us to see it and to observe it and to think on it. Come over to chapter 2 one more time. She needs to go and have him circumcised. Luke 2.21, And when eight days were accomplished, which was the law of Moses, until circumcision... For the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And I want to remind you, Jesus is an English word, which, which for us is Jehoshua. Just as in Acts chapter 7, we saw that the man who took the Israelites into Canaan was called Jesus in Acts 7.45, so here, this name Jesus, which is an English word, means Jehoshua. And Jehoshua means, we've seen it, Jehovah God is salvation. And Jehovah, we have seen from Exodus 6 and Exodus 3, is I am that I am. This name that is in those capital letters there, Jesus, I am that I am, is the Savior. He shall save his people from their sins. You can read your Bibles from Matthew 1.1 to the last verse of Revelation 22, and no one ever referred to him directly as Jesus on earth. Lord Jesus, Lord, Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ, but in personal conversation, even his mother, son, but that is his personal name. 
His personal name on his birth certificate was Jesus. His title was Christ, the Anointed One of God from the Old Testament Messiah. A form of addressing him was Lord. He was Master and Ruler. And we use Lord Jesus Christ most often to point out all of that at once. But in his personal name, and I'm, I'm limiting that name to his person. That's why we have Matthew 1, Luke 1, and Luke 2. His personal name was Jesus, and that is the name that God has highly exalted and given him, and it's before that name that every knee shall bow. It is the personal name of a man who with a complex nature had both deity and humanity. His deity was Jehovah God. His humanity was supernaturally conceived in a virgin Mary. And he has defeated the devil. And the Jehovah's Witnesses can say all they want. Our Jesus is Jehovah God. He is Jehovah God, the Savior. And that name is highly exalted. And Charles Taze Russell is going to grovel before him and own that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so will Judge Rutherford, who followed Charles Taze Russell Russell, in leading the Watchtower Society, will kneel and confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father, that he indeed is Jehovah God. And that's the name that he still has. Brethren, we're so short on time. Let me just briefly describe Jesus to you. He is Jehovah, and he is our Savior. And he was given that name, Jehoshua. Jehovah is the Savior because he would definitely by himself. Do we know that? Amen. From Hebrews 1.3, I know it's missing in all the new translations, but in Hebrews 1.3, it says that the Son of God by himself purged our sins. He is Jehovah God. And he came into this world to save us. Brethren, there is no other name under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. There is only one way that we'll ever stand before God and be accepted into his presence and delivered from the lake of fire, and it is by the name of Jesus. Jehovah is the Savior. The apostles said in Acts 4.12, there is salvation in no other. There's no other name given by which men must be saved, but the name of Jesus of Nazareth, who is our Savior. Brethren, when we get to heaven, the book of life is going to be opened. But it's not called just the book of life. It's called the book of life of the Lamb. And who is the Lamb of God? I read in John 1.29 that John the Baptist seeth Jesus and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. It is the book of Jesus. All those that God the Father gave to him, he will certainly die for them and he will certainly save them. For the angel told Joseph, he shall save his people from their sins. He is Jehovah God. He's never been disappointed in his intentions, ambitions, purposes, and decrees, and he never will be. He shall save every one of them. Eternal life is based on our hope in his name. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. Brethren, what is the name of the Son of God? Jesus is the name of the Son of God. Remember how the angel said to Mary, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, 
Because he's going to be born by a supernatural conception, he shall be called the Son of God. That's one of his titles and designations, but his name is Jesus. And that's what we believe. These things are written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that ye might know that ye have eternal life, and that ye might believe on the name of the Son of God. And that's why I preach this morning, that ye might believe on the name of the Son of God, that you might believe on the name Jehoshua, which is Jehovah is salvation, which is I am that I am is your Savior. Is that a safe place to put your trust this morning? Is that a safe place to put your trust at the hour of death? I am that I am is your Savior. Can you go through that dark curtain with that name on your lips? The name of Jesus in English. To us. Listen, it's not the, it's not the uh, consonants, it's not the vowels, it's not the accent or the pronunciation. It's what the name tells us of Him. He is the I am that I am. Jesus told His disciples in Mark 16, And in my name, Ye shall cast out devils. These poor frightened men that when the band of soldiers came in the garden of Gethsemane, they fled. Every man to his own place disappeared. But now Jesus anointed them with the Holy Ghost and told them to go and preach his gospel to every creature. And he said, in my name shall they cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead, speak in other tongues. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. In my name that would happen. We can read in Acts chapter 3 where Peter and John went to the temple to pray and they saw a man that had been laying there about 40 years lame from his mother's womb and the man looked at them as if they would give him an offering, give him an alms, give him some money. And they said, silver and gold have we none, but what we have we give you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he leaping up stood and was rejoicing in the temple in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus. You say, you're sounding like a televangelist. Well, that's too bad. They've corrupted it. And I'm going to warn you before I'm done about another Jesus. But I'm giving you the Jesus of this Bible. And the Jesus of this Bible is not someone we should be ashamed of, nor shirk from. We should love Him, and exalt Him, and praise Him, and use His name. Don't be ashamed of Him. We read over there in Acts chapter 4, the first time they were threatened by the leadership of the Jews, those disciples came back to their church and they knelt down and prayed for God to bless them to remember the name of your holy child, Jesus. Twice in Acts chapter 4. And when they finished that prayer in the name of Jesus, what happened? The place was shaken. Acts chapter 4 and verse 30. There was a spirit of divination in Acts chapter 16. And there they cast out that spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. And then other vagabond Jews, gypsies, thought they'd try the same thing. And they tried to cast out evil spirits in that name. And those spirits would say, Jesus we know. And Paul we know. But who are you? And they showed their power and disregard for anyone else using that name. Because unless you say that name and acknowledge that He is Lord and mean it in your heart and live according to it, you can only do it by the Spirit of God. 
And if you aren't doing it by the Spirit of God, you're doing it in a vain way. It will serve you no good at all. As it didn't the seven sons of Sceva. Brethren, in what name were you baptized? In the name of Jesus Christ. Where two or three are gathered together in my name. I'm there in the midst of them. Does that... What I want you to get a hold of is when you run across the words in my name, in your Bibles, that you will stop and remember what I've taught you this morning and that you'll be established in it. Where two or three are gathered together in my name. What name? Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Prayer is to be done in the name of Jesus. How many verses can I show you where God has said that if you'll ask anything in my name, my Father will hear and answer that he might be glorified in the Son, in my name. And what is that name? That name is Jesus. What is that name? That name is Jehoshua. What is that name? Jehovah God is the Savior. I am that I am in the man, Christ Jesus. Jesus said that if you receive a child or disciple in his name, you'll be rewarded for it. When we execute church judgment in this church, we do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of our authority comes in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanksgiving is to be made to God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because the greatest gift of all is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we give our thanks to God through and in and because of him. Did you know that Colossians 3.17 tells us everything we do should be done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, brethren, it says, let those that take the name of Christ depart from iniquity. 2 Timothy 2.19 If we're going to sit here and rejoice in the name that God has given his Son and in our Savior and see the glory of that name and, and exalt that name and praise that name, let us make sure that we're willing to live lives without iniquity and thus stain that name. God forbid that we should stain the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul, describing the saints of his time, said that they were willing to hazard their lives for the name of Jesus Christ. You're not even being asked this morning to hazard your life for the name of Jesus Christ. All you're being asked to do is give your life a living sacrifice. That is to live for him, to rejoice in him, to praise him, to obey him, to seek him, to honor him in your speech your deeds, and your thoughts. May Jesus Christ be praised. Amen. God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Let's bow our knee and confess with our lips now, joyfully, voluntarily, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father.